Bienvenidos a Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores, and we are two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes. And each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love. And this week we've got a very special guest with us to talk about music from Colombia. Welcome to Alex DB. Gracias. Thanks for being Welcome. here. Welcome. Gracias. So Alex DB is a local DJ in Washington, D.C. and a newish friend of mine, I'll say. <laughs> um, and a total music geek and knows a ton of things. So super excited to talk to you about music from All Colombia. Yay. <laughs> um, so the song that we're starting with, so Veto and I each picked one song from a Colombian artist and then Alex picked four. So the song we're starting with is my pick, which is called Me Voy Para Medellín and it's by El Combo de las Estrellas. And I just happened upon them in my Spotify listens. Um, and they awesome. are like a big band group. And they've been going for like 30 years, I learned after researching it. They're based in Medellin. Um, have either of you heard of them before? Um, I, I hadn't. Yeah, I had not. Um, but I am a, I'm a huge, huge fan of the, the notion of like the cross-generational you know, orquesta. Right, right, um, right. That's, I really like that. <laughs> right, and that keeps going even as people leave and come in. And and then, yeah, these guys also do cumbia, which is pretty right, which unique is to Colombia. Actually yeah. indigenous to Colombia. Well, it's not right. unique to Colombia because cumbia is also spread. Right, like Mexico. Argentinian and cumbia yeah. and like Peru. Mexican cumbia and like all these other kinds of other cumbias, but it is indigenous to Colombia. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, so we won't bring, be bringing other cumbia to this episode. I mean, there's no way in one episode we could ever represent <laughs> right. the entire musical traditions of one country. Okay. <laughs> so we're just kind of doing yeah. a different cross-section. Um, but Alex, TV, will you tell us a little about yourself before we get into uh, your first yeah. pick? Um, I uh, have been DJing for 12, almost 13 years. Um, I started pretty much uh, when I started college at the University of Maryland. I was working at WMEC Radio there. Um, You're a DMV local? I am. Oh, I nice. grew up in Kensington, Maryland, um, which is like just a couple miles from like the Chevy Chase DC line. Okay. Um, and um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was doing the radio and, and you know, bless their hearts, they, they had like an entire DJ set up there in the studio mm. that nobody ever used. Mm. Yeah. You know? So that's where, I, that's where I sort of started, you know, learning how to DJ, learning how to right. DJ, things like that. Right. Awesome. So, yeah. And your mom's people are from Colombia? My mom's people are from Bogota. Um, but they you know, they they've they've been here a while. Yeah. Um they you know, long story short, they had to leave. Right. Um and my grandparents, yeah, came over I think like in the mid eighties. Okay. And my mom had has basically more or less has been in this country since like seventy three or wow. something yeah so she's been a, you know she's been away for a long time um you know we still have like plenty of relatives and stuff um yeah kind of like that particular you know family kind of scattered all over the place right right <laughs> yeah and did you grow up with colombian music definitely definitely um i think like being like of mixed heritage there wasn't a whole lot of context you know there was songs there were songs that i would hear over and over but, you know, nobody was ever there telling me, this is by this artist off of this album from this era. You right. Know, right. This genre. <laughs> Not that kind of <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Right. Which is like, pretty I atypical, guess, right? Right. Yeah, we don't for usually. For sure. For sure. 
Well, do you want to tell us about the first song that you've brought? Of course. Um, so uh, this is uh, Echisao by Genio, El del Canto Bello. Actually passed, I think, in like 2010 or something. Okay. So que descansen paz. This is a this is I I chose it first because uh, I mean this is something that I came across in Colombia like buying bootlegs. You know what I mean? Like it it was something that like again, just like had no real context for it. But like the song is super beautiful, and mm. that was like you know it was basically it. Like okay, I love this. You yeah. Know? And so, I mean, in the years since I got it, uh, I've I've tried to do so much research on him, right. you know, and he really only seems to be memorialized in YouTube comments and not even his own videos, just no. like other people making mm-hmm. tributes. But anyway, I mean, it's just really interesting, like, especially sort of like in the, the earlier stages of like the era that we're in now in right. terms of social media, right. like... It's like there's some documentation there, but, you know, it's not in the same way that people are able to do it now. Yeah. You know, because this was like, you know, almost a decade ago. Right, right. Um, He died in 2010. Yeah. So are any of his songs available, like, on YouTube? Or anywhere yeah, online? Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> not this, this one, one but other ones. Not. So we'll put a couple of links in the show notes for yeah. other stuff of his so people can sure. see hear that canto bello. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Vero, I'm assuming you had not heard of this either. No, no, I hadn't. No. Vero's pretty plugged into the underground, but (laughs) you have to get it on a CDR in 2004 in Colombia. Is that what you bought? (laughs) 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 Can only be so plugged in. And how would you categorize this song, like, genre-wise? I know that's a hard question. Yeah, I mean, it is more like reggae en español than it is particularly reggaeton. So do you know if there's a history of reggae en español in Colombia? Because I really know that as Panamanian. Yeah, I mean, I think particularly on the Caribbean coast is where you're going to find, mm-hmm. you know, more more like styles like that, which makes sense, right? And so there's stuff, there's also like a lot of artists from like 
right by Panama, right? Who are who are Colombian artists, but like, yeah, yeah, y- you know, ar- around right, there, it's like border everything with Panama. becomes like a yeah, gray area. Borders are really lies. It's a border between Panama right. and Colombia, right? <laughs> right. And, yeah, and like connections yeah. there, right? It's like we forget these are imaginary lines yeah. <laughs> that are drawn. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, so I would say like along the northern, yeah, Caribbean. That coast, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, you're gonna find that. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, this next track is kind of in a similar arena, but more reggaeton explicitly. Yeah. So this is um, Adasa Detra. Afro-Colombiana, um, but was brought up in St. Croix. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, I think an advantage that that she had was that she was able to cross over pretty fluidly from, you know, reggae and dance hall into reggaeton. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that that's really, uh, I think that's super interesting. Um her biggest hit, which this is it, uh, yeah. it's it's from it's 2005, one. you know? Right, so it's that So era. it's it's kind of a golden age. It was a golden <laughs> yeah, age. I love I this sound of reggaeton. I, I love know. this era yeah. of reggaeton. It's like so nostalgic and so wonderful for me. I know. But to learn about another woman in right. that era, Who like Evie, Evie Queen, Queen isn't the only one. <laughs> Yeah. Right, I love mm-hmm. Evie Queen, yeah. and she gets so much um, oh, yeah. love from us. But right. I did not know about this mujer. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, this was also an era where you know, women artists. Um, yeah, they just weren't making it big in the same way. Right, and no. and I, you know, I really believe there was there was like a calculated aspect to that. Mm. That like, of course, yeah, it's by design. Yeah, you know, male artists maybe don't want as much competition from these incredibly talented, you know, (laughs) artists. Right. And just in general, I think, like, part of, like, the patriarchy is, like, pitting women against each other um, in certain ways. And you can hear it, you know, on, like, the Chombo mixtapes, you know, like, Geribel has, like, a whole song about um, how she's going to make her retire, Mm. you know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, We just brought a Chombo a few episodes back. Yeah, we did. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. hype about El Chombo. I hadn't listened to them I since know. high school. Oh. And then I was like, oh, Chumbo let Chumbo. me remember El Chombo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was fun. Oh. Yeah. But Veda, you, you said you were thinking that you felt like this kind of reggaeton was maybe coming back. Like this sort of harder. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, like really I was. Heavy uh, um, 
listening to the song that's on the radio right now. It's called Todo Comienza en la Disco, and it's three old heads, right? As we've seen, Yandel and Daddy Yankee. But the song is mm -hmm. contemporary. It just came out, I think, in December of last right. year. Mm -hmm. And right. it sounds like the old shit. I'm like, oh, I'm just yeah. like crossing my fingers for like a comeback of this like this sound. Right. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I love that song so much. Um, I have really loved the uh, the reunions. Arcangeli de la Ghetto. Yeah. You know, that other song. Right. Oh, God. Mas que ayer. That one, that yeah. one got me really sentimental. Yeah. Because <laughs> I love both of them so much. Yeah. There's definitely <laughs> a lot of collaboration and like supporting each other, it seems, from the folks who are, are going now yeah, and also some sure. of the old heads, like, which I appreciate. Sure. Um, and I love, I'm glad that there's like romantic reggaeton, which I love, like ballady mm -hmm. stuff. Oh, and yeah. also... Um, this kind of music with like the harder dembo and like a different edge to it. Yeah. So I'm like, let's make room for all of it. Like <laughs> lots of diversity in reggaeton. Yeah. It makes me happy. Yep. But yeah, it's good to know, you know, we brought Carol G before mm -hmm. to the podcast and we definitely support her music, but it's good to know she's not the only like Colombiana right. in reggaeton. Right. Know? A lot of people like, say, a lot of people are saying like the first, right. You know, which, right. Uh, like no one should ever say that about anything. Mm, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just a very bold claim. Like we're to not, make we're not actually inventing in anything. general, but yeah, this yeah. is mm -hmm. just not, yeah, not based in fact. And I think, you know, the, your selections really highlight sort of what doesn't often get highlighted in the mainstream, which is, um, Afro Colombian artists, right? Right. Like, These are all Afro Colombian yeah. artists. And I mean, it's funny because like people think about Colombia. Yeah. And they have like certain, right, like preconceived notions of what a Colombian looks like. And along with that go preconceived notions of entire genres. Like there are people who think that salsa isn't black music. Hmm. There are people who think that vallenatos is not black music. Hmm. You know what I mean? But right. like, yeah, I, that's and that's not particular to Colombia, right? I think that it's like oh, all yeah. of Latin sure. America yeah. folks have like right. this idea of like who a Latino is or like what a Latino looks like, and it, you know, mm -hmm. it's never the diversity of what it actually is, and it's certainly. Uh, you know, racism and colorism within Latin America have made it so that Afro-Latinos really aren't the people that uh, non-Latino people are seeing cross over or seeing on mm -hmm. major platforms or even in Latino TV, you could go like watch mm -hmm. a whole day worth of Latino TV and not realize that any Afro-Latinos exist mm -hmm. because you yeah. might go 24 hours without seeing a single Afro-Latino person on TV. Yeah. 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 Right, yeah. so it's, yeah, it's again I mean, and, another and thing that's by design. It's not a coincidence. Right. Mm -mm. Yeah, I was uh, I was like looking at some Spotify playlists, um, yeah. <laughs> and there, there's one that's called Latin Urban Divas, and there's maybe five right. like Afro Latina artists right. out of like 150. You know yeah. what I mean? That's yeah. so wack. Yeah. That just is not based in fact. Right. You know? <laughs> right. But it is based in the way that the industry works, unfortunately. Right. right? right. And who gets promoted and who gets kind of seen as right. Yeah. And that's yeah. I mean that's also like that's insular too. That's not just Spotify. Right? No, right. You like know? they're not it's a, they're representing yeah. a problem that's exactly. like an industry problem, right? Exactly. <clears throat> I mean they could definitely do better, but Yeah. <laughs> well we're gonna take a little break for Mensajito. 
So we are partnered with the National Network of Abortion Funds to promote their Abortion Access Bullathon, which is happening right now. Yes, the National Abortion Access Bullathon is the largest grassroots abortion fundraising event, and it's going on right now. The Bullathon is over 60 events across the United States throughout March and April, and thousands of participants fundraise for their abortion fund and access to abortion all over the country. And it is so, so, so cool. Yeah, yo, like, I don't know if folks didn't understand, but, you know, politically, like, access to abortion is under so much threat because of the kind of who's in, in power and all the laws that have been placed um, that create tons of barriers for people. So cost is a, one of those huge barriers because if you have to wait, these waiting periods require you to wait longer. If you have to travel farther, um, if your insurance doesn't cover the procedure, which is true for a lot of people who are on Medicaid, cost is a major, major barrier. The procedure can cost anywhere from a couple hundred dollars to a couple thousand dollars. Um, right. And, and people the can't longer get the you wait, the more expensive it gets. So exactly. sometimes folks are just trying to get the money together and then another and then week keeps goes getting by more expensive. and it's further out of I reach. I know. It's so fucked. It's like, this is a it's medical really, procedure. It's really, really bad. But abortion funds are such an amazing intervention for that reason. Yep. It's folks yep. who are, you know, mostly just volunteers, groups mm-hmm. of folks who are getting money together, raising funds all year, but especially right now through the Bolathon to make sure that folks are able to get the health care that they need. Mm-hmm. It's really such an amazing intervention in the face of a state that really is not just ignoring the issue, but actively putting out barriers. Yep. And both Beto and I have participated in bullathons in the past. It's super fun. You just get some friends together, form a team, and join today. So if you check out the link in our show notes, it's bullathon.nnaf.org. You can find a bullathon near you. It's really fun, y'all. I totally, totally recommend it. And you're going to meet some awesome people. Yeah. And if you aren't able to join an event, you can just donate to support one of the teams that is bowling in your area to make sure that folks can get the health care that they need. That's right, y'all. Do it. All right. Um, so, Alex DB, what's yeah. your next pick? So, I have Alejudran Fidelina. is probably the most known um, and definitely most prolific by a artist. Um, 
that at least I've come across. You know what I mean? Uh, he's got he's, he's got a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he like I mean Vallenatos honestly it's a very mournful style of music mm, a lot of the time. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And it, yeah, especially especially this guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of mourning for like lost loves. Lost loves and you know, I mean Home. like <laughs> people who have died, mm-hmm. you know, and and he has a lot of songs that if he's talking about them in the song, the song is just the song title is their full name, mm-hmm. you know, which is I mean, which is really interesting because like mm-hmm. you have the lost love, you know, portion of that where it's like, oh, this woman named this your you know, Juana Diaz or whatever, <laughs> like broke my heart. It's like putting so, her on black. So you know about her. And <laughs> <Wow. laughs> I, I always assume it's based in reality, but I don't like they don't right. usually they usually like, you, you know, know, hide the details a little bit. Right. Wow. Um, yeah, but then you know, there's also the, the you know, there's a tribute aspect of that, which I yeah. I think is really important, mm. you know, because it's it's stories that otherwise are never told. Right. You know. Right. Um. So this one, yeah, this one's uh from 1972. Um. Mm. So I would say like, <clears throat> excuse me, in the early ish, mid ish 90s, um, Carlos Vives, uh. Who's like a Colombian pop musician? Yeah, um, very. I mean, famous. I, I know y'all know. <laughs> yeah, we have not. I have not brought Carlos Vives. I'm sure someday he'll show up. But <laughs> yeah, well, so what's interesting about this release, uh, Clásicos de la Provincia, um, is basically just like a collection of some of the best known Bayonato, you know, standards, basically. That Carlos um, Vives put out. Yeah, well, that that he covered. He covered, right? But yeah. Classical but, but that, yeah, it's, his it's album. A, yeah, it's like an anthology of that or whatever. I see. Um, and so that was super interesting because, um, you know, it was this loose, like, you know, we'll, we'll record them with the instruments of today and stuff, you know? But it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's like any other thing that feels kind of icky like that when, like, you know, like a white or a light-skinned artist is, is doing that. And, you know, I think a lot of these songs, like, for example, La Gota Fria, that is not an original song, and, like, everyone knows that as a Carlos Vives song, you know? And that's just, it's just right. not true. Mm-hmm. But, it, you know, it's just really interesting, like... You could say that, like, you know, he brought the Vallenato sound to the masses or whatever, but I just feel so uncomfortable with people thinking that he wrote that song. Right. Yeah, I think people do. Right. You know? They attribute it to him. Yeah. 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 And the stuff he does now, do you feel like it's still Vallenato influenced? Or it's just more pop? At this point, it's, like, a little bit of, like... Accordion stabs. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like it's very, like a, very loose right, at like all. It's, you know, a, I think a it's or two somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Distant, I mean, right? the, that the latest, his latest big hit was that Shakira song called La Bicicleta. The song was Shakira, right. La Bicicleta, which you really liked. Which, yeah, right? I mean, also it's like that, that it's like fun. shout out bicycles and the change that the, you know like what bicycles have become <laughs> come to mean in Colombia. Like they've the, mm. they've done some really amazing um public infrastructure stuff with bicycles and Absolutely. i mean one of my uh interests is um urban planning one of my like you know esoteric interests is urban planning and like the urban planning that's <laughs> been happening in bogota with bicycles and closing streets for pedestrian and bicycle access is really cool so i think yeah, that's really cool sure. about that song 
Um, mm-hmm. But it's not, but uh, what I'm trying to say is that it's not Vallenata, you know, if anything, it's got like a little bit of Dembo, you know, like it's like he's a, yeah, I would yeah. say he's like a pan Latin pop artist at this pop point, singer. right? Right. And yeah. like he well, like does like do some like, you know, like shout out Colombia t- style stuff. Right. You know, but his, I think I would categorize Carlos Vives squarely as a pop artist. Right. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I, I, I don't know how many other reggaeton songs, you know, Dembo containing <laughs> songs right. he did before Bicicleta. Um, yeah. I know, I know he has one now. Oh, God. With Sebastián Yatra. Mm, I like him. But, yeah. But it's called Robarte Un Beso, which I, I will never play a song with a title, oh, with, yeah. like, a title like that. I just, it's like you know, I'm rapey. not into it. It's called Assault. It's, it's like called Robar Un Beso Assault. <laughs> Stealing a kiss. But it's like that's a metaphor that's used in this romantic way. Yeah, exactly. I can understand that for a certain time. But like right now, it's like, let's cut that. Please. There's so much more other problematic things that we still think are okay that you could say. Mm. (laughs) We'll come back to Bayanato more in this podcast because we haven't, um, I don't think we brought anything from that genre, but there's so much there. And I really um, think it's beautiful. We also have some plans to talk more about accordions in the future so maybe we'll bring Bayanato back for that yeah. oh yeah that's right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um okay. all right so what's your last pick so my last pick um is Sexteto Tabala um Esta Tierra No Es Mía Esta Tierra No Es Mía Esta Tierra No Es a group uh, out of San Basilio de Palenque, um, which is the basically the first free black community in the Americas. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I don't know, Vero, did you want to talk a little bit more about Palenque? Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, mm-hmm. Palenque, San Basilio de Palenque is... Um, it was a Cimarron village, which means it was a, like a, one of the first free black towns in the Americas. And the folks from from San Basilio would come into Cartagena, which is where the slave ships would come in and free people mm-hmm. and and bring them to San Basilio, where folks were living um, clandestinely uh, of black. It was a black free town. Um, mm-hmm. And because of, you know, because of the nature of, of that, like, clandestinity, I think that 
for a long time, the San Basilio and Palenque in general were really very separated from culturally from the rest of Colombia. So there's mm-hmm. actually a language that thrives there called Palenquero, um, which is a combination of um, Kikongo and um, and Portuguese, which is the Portu- Portu- the Portuguese used to be the slave traders mm-hmm. back then in the 17th century. And right now there's like an effort to maintain the language alive, right? As, you know, globalization and like the internet and folks start to like integrate a little bit more. But because there, it was such a self-contained community for a long time, there's very, um, there's very specific cultural products that come from Palenque. And they're mm-hmm. also very um, obviously connected to like what is now known as like Congo and Angola, et cetera. And those musical traditions that folks who were kidnapped and brought over as slaves brought with them and has thrived Mm -hmm. into its own sort of musical style, but with that very clear connection. So there's Mm -hmm. a lot of cool music out of Palenque. Right. Yeah. I actually got the opportunity to visit um, San Basilio de Palenque um, and uh, meet actually the the band leader of Sexito Tabala. Um, His name's Rafael Cassiani Cassiani. Um, and, you know, he's been involved with, like, basically, like, many, many, many different, like, musical groups. He's sort of, like, he's sort of, like, right, like, the sort of grandfather Mm. figure within the genre. Mm, Right. Definitely, you know, definitely the person who has gotten, like, like, the most, um, publicity, like, Mm -hmm. around his music. Right. And, you know, and he's traveled, like, all over the world and stuff. But And, mm. and I mean, it's just really interesting um, getting to talk to him and about his experiences. Um, and also, you know, being introduced to musical instruments that, you know, that I had never seen in my life before. Um, that are unique to the region. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was... You got to play one, right? Which, yeah. I did. I got to play the marimbula. And so the marimbula, marimbula is basically, like, a wider cajon. Mm. And uh, it's mm-hmm. um, there's like a hole cut into it, basically, like a cool. like a wide, wide hole, and then these little metal strips that are attached, mm. uh, like right, you know, in within the hole that act kind of like as chimes, mm. um, right? Marimbas, like it's 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 like the like what you would see on marimbas, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it has this obvious like percussive aspect to it where you could be playing the you could be playing the marimbas or you could be using it as a cajon, mm-hmm. you know. Cool. Yeah, it was super interesting. And this what part what what do you like about this particular song? Brought, um you pick this one. Well, so this this one's really interesting because uh you know, as as Beto covered like San Basilio for for many many years, many many generations, mm-hmm. <laughs> has operated as this like very autonomous um, community, um, and you know I think like as time has gone by, the government, the Colombian government, you know has has placed more and more regulations um, on them. So this is sort of like a reaction to say that you know like my ancestors like, you know like. We're, we're freed people who fought for their freedom and who fought for the ability to live in this place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for generations we thought this was ours. But, you know, it's, it's, it's la tierra de la nación. Right. You know? It's not ours, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and, you know, what was interesting uh, being there, it, it was uh, they were building 
a police station there, and it was the mm. first police presence in in right. yeah in the town like ever. Right, and they was uh. the Colombian government. They yeah, <laughs> Not the local right yeah <laughs> right yeah the so Colombian so government sort of, of came in and come. Yeah. yeah, and they were like, well, we're doing this and right. So I thought that was definitely like a, an important message. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. got it. And champetas from this region also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So champetas also from Palenque. Um, we don't have any champeta today. But yeah, we love no. champeta again. Mm. It's we just love so hard. Like, we, there's to no pick. way ever, ever we could cover a country's musical tradition in six songs. Mm-hmm. We've brought mm-hmm. champeta <laughs> before. We we shall bring champeta mm-hmm. again. Don't worry, y'all. Yeah. 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 Um, I think champeta, you know, is is super interesting. Um, it's it's indistinguishable from sukus, which is music out of the Congo, mm. um, and sung in 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 Kikongo, uh, mm-hmm. which we had, uh, mentioned earlier, and in Spanish. Um, but but yeah, I mean, it's like it, you wouldn't know that you were listening to to you know quote unquote different styles mm. of music with champeta know? versus with champeta versus sukus. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, diasporic music. Music continues. Yeah, yeah. So, Vero, you have a, your song, your pick for this episode is also from Balenque, yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, my pick is from a group called Combiles a Mi, and the song is called Macuagro. Kuturi rap guay, rap Balenque lo que hay. Pero folclórico. Combiles a Mi. En la forma, Balenque Studio 
oh, like this is the traditional this and this is the traditional right. that, right? But it's like actually right. cultures continue moving and like people in San Basilio right. are still like expanding on what it means to be from San Basilio and this is part of that now. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's cool also because they incorporate palenquero, the language, and, mm. um, you know, I think right now I read that about half of people in Palenque speak palenquero still, and there's, like, an effort mm. to maintain that, right? Because as oh, sure. it becomes less and less autonomous and as, like, uh, globalization and, you know, the internet and, you know, culture becomes just, like, a little bit, those borders become a little bit more porous, um, there's there's a possibility that the language is lost, especially because you're probably, you know, like most jobs would be in Spanish, et cetera, et cetera, right? So right, um, right. it's cool that, uh, to me, that Palenquero is incorporated in, in here as a language and to be like, actually, this is alive. This is, we con we're continuing um, this on. And I really, really love the sound of these guys. I got, um, mm. I got introduced, um, to them via Gabriel Garcon Montano, who's another Colombian artist that we've brought before. Um, I think he's French Colombian and they collaborated, um, mm. together. Remezcla wrote up their collaboration. So I, if you like, I will include that in, um, our show notes, but, um, so that's how I heard, uh, of Combiles Ami. Mm. And I really, really love this. It's so great. Yeah. Also, I feel like sort of the, the inter-Columbian collaborations mm -hmm. are really interesting yeah. to me. You know, because mm -hmm. like... regions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and this is true of like every country, mm -hmm. but like there's just so many like starkly different you know, ways of life mm -hmm. across the same country, right. which again, of course. makes me nothing. Yeah, so right. it makes right. sense. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's a very geographically diverse country, Absolutely. like from high mountaintops to valleys to cities yeah. and things yeah. like that. So we, um, we have everything. We have deserts. Right. It's wild, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a pretty big country too. And yeah, I think there's been a lot of isolation because of the political situation and the economic situation of the years with right. the drug, sort of the, the, you know, quote unquote drug war, but also just the conflict internally mm -hmm. between the government mm -hmm. and, and so, right. um, but now I think as things have shifted somewhat, like right. they're starting to be well, more, yeah, that's, yeah. things have kind of, um, there, there seems like there's more external collaboration and more influence. Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, like we talked about on the show that Medellin is the center of reggaeton mm -hmm. in the world now, essentially, right? yeah. which is a kind of a, a newer yeah. According um, to reality. <laughs> Nikki Jam. Nikki Jam, the 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 paisa evangelist, right. the Puerto Rican <laughs> who Puerto is Rican now married to a Colombian supermodel and has adopted. Uh, it. I mean, but I his, love it though. He his you know, career was like reborn he, in yes. Medellin. I, I mean, he was kind of done. Colombia is a healing place. I bet, apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. So yeah, there's so much music coming out of Medellin now. Yeah, um, so That's super exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. this song um, by Combilesami is from their album Así es Palenque. And it's from 2016. Mm -hmm. It's our latest, and I recommend y'all check it out. All right. Well, thanks so much to Alex DB for being here. Thank you so much. Yeah, this is the most fun. I've ever gotten to talk about Colombian music. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and tell us, tell us about your events in DC, so folks, if oh. they want, if they're local, because we do have some local fans yes. who I think would like your DJing because you do so much Latinx stuff, I and I locals. love it. Um, yeah. So I uh, I do a sort of monthly party um called atención do you know when the next atención is going to be um so inquiring minds want yeah, to know I aka know. me i, know. <laughs> I it's am, okay if you don't know yet <laughs> i'm hoping to do something actually like within the next like three to four weeks okay 
But you have a weekly party I want you to tell people about. Yeah. So I also do a weekly party called The Clock Out. Um, on Monday nights. On Monday nights from 7 to 10. At the Do Drop In. At the Do Drop In. And perhaps on Monday night, um, Ellie, who's the famous on this podcast because she helped us get set up, um, and I were doing some salsa dancing. Yes. I <laughs> it was saw. like a little dive bar. Nobody, dance, I, nobody dances at that year thing because it's like it's small. But I was like, what? she's a really good dancer. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. Mm, well, right. Yeah. I will follow so you. Often. Yeah. Every so often people dance and yeah. that's really fun for me. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's really cool. Um but also at the same time I'm like eh, tranqui, <laughs> you know, like we, you know, we all supposedly just got off work like it's, right. it's it can cool. be chill. Like a chill yeah. vibe is cool too. So yeah, people should check it yeah. out. Also free hot dogs and nachos. Yeah, I right. went there on its inaugural night and I yeah, ate so many so nachos and hot dogs. I highly recommend. <laughs> I love free it's food. It's in that vibe. Yeah. Right? Free yeah. food. I mean, and that you know, and I think that's important to like offer free food. Yeah, to, and it's there's like, no cover. Like trans together. Yeah, you know exactly. Um, so yeah, DC folks should come yeah, hang out with us on Monday nights. Yeah. I'm usually there. Um, and then I do like body work. Body work, which at this point is maybe well, not like literally quarterly, but we do it like yeah. four times a month, which is okay. Yeah, which is fine. But it's I mean, coming up at the end of April. It's a big production. Yeah. Um. So it's at the end of April. April twenty um, seventh. Yeah. Yes. At um, the Airedale in Columbia Heights. Um, yeah, I mean, Bodywork has an incredible crowd. Yeah. Like, I, I just, I love them so much. Yeah. So we'll put in the show notes links to where people can follow you, like your Facebook or yeah, your Instagram or whatever. For sure. So that people can keep track of your yeah, parties. I, last month I uh, put out um, like a, you know, reggaeton slash, well, I guess, it was a belated Valentine's. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, called uh, Sudor Dulce. Okay. Um, so, yeah. That's Put a link to that. Sort of my newest. Excellent. Yeah. I'm awesome. doing. Definitely All right. Here. Yeah. We'll check that out. Yeah. But thanks cool. so Thank much for being so here. Thank you so much yeah. for coming. <laughs> Yeah, thank you for letting me rant about my parties. No, my babies. Of course, I want to support. I mean, you got to support the DJs and the people making queer, you know, spaces. It's important. Um, Well, thanks everybody for listening to Radimenea. As always, we have all the details for the music and everything we talked about on today's show in our show notes and definitely follow us on our social media we always have good content there for you we're at Radio Manea on Instagram on Twitter and we're also Radio Manea on Facebook thanks for listening hasta, hasta la próxima. próxima bye